We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. Here live with Shabazz from Uni. Uni, well, it's, you can find it on social media as UniPod. But explain to me the revolution that's happening. For me, it's a revolution. It's, it's a, a secured bicycle enclosure. I mean, I don't know if you call it a pod. It's a kiosk, pod, enclosure, envelope. We, we, we just don't call it a box. Right. <laughs> it's not a box friendly. It's, it's, I guess if there's such, because of the markets, there's a aversion to box aversion. Uh, you know, when people think box, they think like a cardboard box from Amazon on your porch. And it's not a thing that you want in your marquee public space. And so, so the revolution is getting people to realize that this kind of infrastructure can be, um, can be functional, but can also be attractive and interesting. Um, and, and boxes are functional, but not attractive or interesting. Right. So I'm here live, Rich Cameo, WTY Podcast, be there yet. And I have been a user of Unipod, or Uni, which is the kiosk. It's, it's basically, I've had a bike. I've gone through three bikes. There's a saying in New York, you don't really own a bike. You just have possession until the universe takes it back. So I've had several bikes that were taken back or stolen. And reclaimed. Reclaimed. They just went back into the universe. I did not consciously choose that, but someone took the bike. And, uh, and I live in Jersey City, and a lot of times I'll park in Journal Square, I'll park somewhere where I might come to the city with it, or use city bike in the city. But I'm, I've gone through so many bikes. When I saw the Uni kiosk, there, I was like, oh, what's this? And it's basically like the board. There's, like a, there's a floating space, a space anchored, yeah. it's secure, it's got, it's led it's like... Did you yeah. say the board? I feel, it reminds me of the board, there's like this cube. Right. I guess you have to say there's a pod. There's a pod that's landing. I'm a truckie and I I, 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 I don't know if I... Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to see where you go. Right. Well, not in a dark <laughs> way. Maybe in a sexy dark way, but not in the way that it's assimilated and we're all like mindless after. But in that, in that there's like this uh, place that I could actually... Well, maybe it'd be more like a... I don't know. If I say safe space or unicorn catch corral, it sounds really ridiculous. Safe space for everybody. Right. But there's a place to place your bike. It's, it's vertical. It's really efficient with the storage. You have a, you can either fob it or you can use an app. Uh, it's it's weather... It's fairly weatherproof. I mean, it's, like, it's not going to keep you from being cold. It's not heated. Right, but it's right, like right. You right. can go in and out and not right. be... So, so, so the crazy thing is what you're what you're trying to do is, is um, a... The battle of contrast because you're trying to describe something that's very simple and, and also in New York City anyway very novel, right? I mean, right. if you go to other cities in Europe, even here in the, in America, you've got enclosures that park bikes, but here in New York, it, this I, this idea of a something on the street that you can enter and park your bike in um, is like mind blowing. Right, I think it's never done before. It's probably as as exotic sounding as those self cleaning uh, self cleaning bathrooms or something. Just yeah. So like, how is it possible? Yeah. So 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 in New York, you know, the idea of a public bathroom is still like an invention that would take us into the thirty first century, and you know, a bike parking kiosk is something that would you know, it's like going to the moon. Um, what we're trying to do is to show people that high quality functional, beautiful uh, transportation infrastructure can be paired with placemaking amenities. Um, that 
approach hasn't really been effectively done anywhere in the US and really anywhere in the world, right? You don't see um, a network of modular facilities exist in, in, in marquee public spaces in, in, in cities. Um, and we're also porting over um, the approach that's used for, for, for bus shelters and newsstands where they're funded through advertising dollars. Oh, right. And, then, right. and we're, that's how we pay for the infrastructure. Um, and now everyone says, oh, you know, advertising, more advertising, we have so much advertising already. Um, that, that, that's great, that's true, we, we have lots of advertising, um, and that's a, that's, a, that's a conversation we should have. What, what we're trying to get people to realize is, advertising is a commonly accepted method of financing public transportation. And the big conversation of the previous decade um, was that bicycling, should be thought of as a form of public transportation. Right. So right. the battle that I've chosen to wage here is, hey, if that's true, we should finance um, uni facilities or any similar facility with the same dollars that we finance with public transportation with. Uh, and that is sort of you know advertising other means. So Right, because people aren't like going, well, I'm not going to ride the subway unless you remove all advertising. Right, I don't right. want to see anything on the platforms or anything inside. I mean, well, that's kind of what's totally. making, keeping it running. Totally. And, and so, and bus shelters, and, and again, City Bike has, has ads on it. So um, That's true. No one's complaining. Take that logo off of that City Bike. I want to use a, a funded system without exactly. having... Well, people don't want to pay for it. That's why. Right, right. So, so, so we realized very early on, we did a, a few polls of cyclists, and... We found that cyclists wanted to pay like zero dollars to park your bike, right? Like, like at first people were like, oh, just charge the cyclists, they'll pay for it. Um, to have the kind of high quality facility that we would, that we have in Journal Square, to, to, to charge cyclists for it would be like seventy dollars a cyclist, right? Wow, um, for a year. For, for, for a year, and, and, and that wouldn't even cover the cost of, of operation, it's covering the cost of, 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 of the actual structure itself. Um, so what, is, what does it cost to build the structure? I mean, it looks like it's been reclaimed, uh, you know, Jersey barriers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, the, right now we're still in this prototype phase, which means that the cost is actually not, um, it's not a manufacturing cost. We, we don't manufacture. Uh, so basically, we build one by one in, right. a, in, a, in a shop in Brooklyn. Um, so it's about $100,000. Holy so, 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 wait, everyone slow, everyone slow down. But it's uh, research and delay. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, right. So, if we wanted to go manufacture on scale, that would come down um, by more than like 65%, right? It's like if I made this MacBook here in my shop in Brooklyn, it'd be very expensive, right? Everything in Brooklyn is very expensive now. Um, so, um, but even at, even at, even at a $40,000 price tag, um, you still then have to, you know, the plants, you got to pay for the plants, you got to pay for the wrap, you got to pay for all this stuff that you know, real soon you're, you're, you're on the hook for quite a bit of money. Then you have to pay to operate and maintain it. So if a door breaks, you got to show up and pay, you know, pay for it. When a user complains that they can't get in because something's not working, you know, someone's going to come out and fix it. Um, you need an ongoing source of revenue right. to, to right. offset those costs, right? right. And so it's, Nickeling and diving cyclists, one dollar here, five bucks there. Really, that's really not like, the way to do that. Carry it, and you want a larger momentum of funding and capacity. Like if you have sponsors. Yeah, yeah. Even if I were able to pay for one with that with that revenue model, let's say I got a grant from the city, and I would. Um, the problem would be that if I went to investors and said I need capital to build more of these facilities, they'd say, "Well, am I going to make my money back? Is it going to be returned for me?" 
I said, well, we're going to nickel and dime 25 cyclists. They'd say, you know. Right. But if you, <laughs> but if you say, oh, this, like the, right now, there's the rest, there's a new burger restaurant. Burger Inn. Burger Inn? Is it Inn? Oh, okay. I thought it was Burger I Am. You know what? People have said that to me. They got that yesterday for one part. They said, right. Because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming in my head, like, oh, it must be like, there must be a special burger app. They said burger messaging that. services. <laughs> right, right. So I just want to chat about burger. I don't really want my contact. I just want to chat. Eam is plural for burgers in Hebrew. Oh, oh that's right. That's right. They should, they should put that in asterisk on the next ad because it, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't go. It, it makes a lot more sense when you realize that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so Eam literally means plural for burgers. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, burger burgers. So in Hebrew, it would be like burger, burger eating. Oh, so uh, burgers, plural burgers. Ha! Huh. Oh, like hippopotamus online. That's exactly. interesting. Burger I, burger in, burger I in. Oh, that's, that's interesting. So, so our approach to advertising is uh, experiential and immersive. We think, you know, the, it looks like a burger standing here uh, out in Journal Square. And so that that's the, the idea is that we can do it in a really tactful, interesting way that is not like a, just a giant tacky billboard. We spend a lot of time working with the burger in folks to customize their, um, to customize their treatment right. so that it actually looked good, right? Well, the skin is like, it's contoured, it, 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 it's related to the, to, to the object. It's not like someone just like yeah, slapped yeah. it on it. We have it. the two display panels and we have the front door panels and the rest of the, the wrap is of course on the actual skin. And um, the, the idea was, we, we, we called ourselves the Vogue of um, streetscape furniture, oh, where okay. you know we don't, we don't just take any old App. You actually have said no to a few folks because it's kind of tacky. Um, right, if you had the law firm and just like guys sitting in a make right. it, make it, make it, make it interesting. And, yeah. and so we were very excited that the first ad was local, um, was brought to us actually by the, the local bid, um, and that this would be something that would pay homage to the actual space. Uh, I think it literally says Journal Square on the actual advertisement. Right, um, right, and it would be something that I think would have some sort of relevance to the community, um, and apparently it looks like a burger stand. It does, which, which makes it even more popular. Right, like oh, what's that? Is that the new? I don't want to say Shake Shack. I want to Shake Shack. It wants to be a sponsor. And then they get mad when they figure out that there's no burgers, but but there are bikes which are just as good. So right, right, but it's also it's right. It's literally like just across the you know the street from the from the actual right, burger. So that's just, smart. So it's smart. It's smart to have. I'm sure that. I haven't seen it yet. I, see, I saw the pre-construction, but I'd be curious to see how their branded essence on the on the pod or the kiosk. You know, I'm sure it echoes right, what right. they look like. It'd be great. It's they, yeah, they they uh, open in February, um, so this is a kind of a coming soon announcement for them. Okay. Um, it's something that that they were super stoked about, and we're super stoked about, uh, and it allows us to kind of show folks that you know. Advertising uh, can be done in a thoughtful, tactful manner. And in fact, I actually think that all advertising cities in the future should go to subsidize social goods. I think, you know, in Journal Square, there are all these billboards. You know, don't tell anyone, don't tell up front. But I think that cities should start to have a conversation about, hey, if you want to have a billboard uh, in our city, you either have to give us a percentage to apply to a social good like Paris does. Paris, Stacey Nicole runs the bike share, but they they, in, 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 you don't Paris doesn't pay them for it. They actually get rights to have billboards around the city. Oh. Or you have to put the advertising on something that, that's useful. 
No, right. no billboards, just they have billboards. Right, right, right. Plus Paris, who wants to like slap stuff around Paris? Yeah. JC Deco. No, now have, have you been? To, have, what? Say JC Deco. JC Deco. Right. Well, JC Deco. Right. I'm familiar. I've worked with them at a comedy festival that I I do, and we we worked out a deal with them. So we're like, okay, what do we need to do to get on the path journey? But uh, what was I saying? Oh, when I was in, uh, was I in Denmark? Oh my God, Denmark! They have highways for bikes. Yeah. For bikes. I mean, I, I looked at my hotel, and there were just literally thousands of people. Of thousands, I don't. There were no cars. It's all bike lanes. Yeah. Look, I mean, I think the vision for the U.S. is, uh, at least New York, is to, is to get us to where London is. I mean, the 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 problem with um, uh, folks who fetishize uh, Amsterdam is that Amsterdam doesn't have a city the size of New York. Right? Or, or Denmark, yeah, no, right. Copenhagen. Oh, right, of course, Denmark. So, 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 um, excuse me. So, uh, the 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 we need. To, it's a different culture. It's a, a different, different culture, but, it, but but we can be a different culture too. I mean, but 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 I like London, Paris examples, these aspirational examples, because um, the number one piece of pushback we get in New York when you talk talking about where we can be is, well, this is New York, and we're New York, and no one else is like New York. So stop talking to me because this is New York, right? And um, uh, literally, people have said that to me. And and when you look at London and Paris, there are cities that are a similar size as New York, and they've managed to figure it out. London is like seven, eight years ahead of where we are. Paris is like a light year ahead of where London is. So we have something to aspire to that's directly applicable. Um, we can be a place where it's easy to ride a bike, and we can be a place where we have bicycle highways too. You can do it here in New York, but first, we have to start thinking about bicycles as public transit, and we have to start thinking about the entire user experience. Well, in Silicon Valley, when you, when, you get, when you have a computer or an app, the first thing they'll talk about to use is UX. UX, 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 UX. Right, right. And user experience. You, you have to take that same approach to public transit, right? How, how does it, what's the cohesive experience riding a bike? And right now, it's a life of need and want, where yeah, you know, you can get to the path hub safely because we got some bike lanes. Thank you so much, Jersey City, right? But when you, when you get off your bike and you dismount, there's no place to put it. There's no, you know, if it's going to get rained on, someone's going to steal your compartment, right? Um, and, and, and then, you know, there's no signage anywhere, so you know where you're going, right? We have to start to address all these ancillary components to the experience. So this is something that people want to do. No one rides the subway or gets in a plane, or takes their car and drives down the highway and says, oh, you know what, that was good, it was safe. <laughs> they, they, say, they say, you know, it was fast, or it wasn't fast, it was convenient, or it wasn't convenient. It was confusing, or it wasn't Exactly, and we, easy to we have this approach, um, even, even our most progressive leaders have this approach to cycling where, you know what we should do, we should make cycling safe. And, and they don't seem to realize that safety is necessary but not sufficient to transportation. Making it safe is just something that, that, that is the ground floor level. But right. in order for it to work as transit, it has to be convenient, fast, affordable, and efficient. It has, it has to have a good user experience. If not, people are like, well, I'm not going to ride the subway. Yeah, well, well, they exactly. are because it gets you and it gets you there efficiently. Correct, right, exactly. Unless it's a Saturday or Friday, Saturday or Sunday. And or, or it's the R train, then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Alternate Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But what, how did you, 
come to this idea? Like, what was what were you, what did you what were you doing before? Okay. And then what brought you to this like epiphany? What so um, before I was the uh, deputy director of operations at a business improvement district, and and, and hold the booze. Um, you know, people hear that and they go, why, why are they booze? Because people hear that and they say, oh, you, you were a gentrifier before. And I say, no, 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 no. We are, uh, BID is an organization that is charged with um, improving a neighborhood, with cleaning the streets, making sure that um, neighborhoods are good places to do business. And unfortunately, where we are is people think that means you're gentrifying, right? Well, you know, it's, the funny thing is, I mean, I've, I've been on kind of... When I hear that, I'm like going, but then when people complain that there are broken windows or their lights, street lights are out, or this is a dangerous corner, this should be a stop sign or pedestrian thing, and then no one, when someone does it, that's business improvement. That's right. That, that's, but that's, we don't want to come with that, but if you did it as an organization, now I want to call and complain to someone, if they fix it, I feel good. But if we have a team of people that are here to make all these things work better and avoid that in the first place, it's sort of like, well, I only want to have someone come put a fire out, but I don't want you to actually improve the area so we don't have fires. Correct, correct. So people, look, I mean, we are so sensitive to the affordability crisis in New York City. I mean, yeah. anytime you talk about city, improving right? a neighborhood, uh, it's, oh, you know, you're, 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 you are an engine fire. Um, no, but I, I, I was working for a bid, um, and I had my bike stolen like you um, three times in, my, in five years, three times in five years, my bike was stolen. Um, and you know, I don't know to the extent that your audience is experienced with bike theft, but it's like the most demoralizing feeling in the world. Uh, you show up, I, have my, I used to carry my helmet with me, I show up to, to ride my bike, and it was gone. And you think, oh, maybe it's across the street. So you know, you go across the street to look for it there, like maybe you forgot where you put it, and it's gone. <laughs> and then you take this long walk home with your helmet, and you know, never before had I noticed so many people on bikes as when I was walking home and my bike was stolen, right? Like, because everyone was riding their bike and they're like waving to me and I'm like, no, no, it's like that, that song all by myself was like playing in my head. Uh, <laughs> so you can, you can. Now I carry out You can make sure the experience, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I said, add, look. You should add some like, all by myself. Like, right. We'll just have a karaoke. Right, right. Uh, so, so B-roll with the bike and all by myself. I, I was, so I was, I, I, I was 26 at the time, maybe 25. And I kind of said, look, uh, my background is in running public space. And why isn't there uh, a solution in public space for this kind of problem? And, and you know, we, me and a few friends, ironically, have been talking about building bike parking system in New York before my bike was stolen. And we had toyed around with um, some ideas. And our ideas were all terrible. Like we were, we were trying to avoid, like many people do, what I call the hard problem. We were trying to avoid tackling infrastructure. Infrastructure is scary and hard. So we were like, oh, we should have an app and we should like connect people with bike parking spaces. But the problem was there were no bike parking spaces. So, <laughs> you had to create <laughs> bike parking spaces to put on the app. So we went to uh, developers and we said, how about we make your bike room, which looks like it's got a few open spaces there. Um, how about we just make it public and we like pay, we charge people and people can park their bikes in their building. They said, no, um, we don't want people in my, in my building. Why would I do that, right? Um, right. And, and even if I'm a developer, I have billions of dollars. I don't want like $5 here, $2 there. It doesn't really make any sense right. for the liability. Um, so we quickly, you know, after my bike was done, I was like, let's get serious about this. So we, we realized um, that there had to be a public space solution 
um, I went to my, my friend who's now my partner and I said, I need you to help me build a nice looking bike cage. And remember how I said box was like the thing that you shouldn't call this thing? Well, cage is like the worst one. Um, so he said to me, uh, bike incarcerator, <laughs> bike prison, right? He said to me, um, I will help you, but you cannot call it a cage. And this is a, he's an architect, so he, right, he was right. the first one to, 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 to realize and educate me on the importance of using certain words. Um, and so we started to think through, that was back in 2015, think through um, all the different types of uh, iterative requirements that such a facility would have to have. So it would be automated, uh, and that means all sorts of different things um, in, in, from a design perspective. So it would be good looking, which means all sorts of different things. It would be easy to clean, but and also most importantly, it would be um, it would be customizable mm. because per, look, per, per location, per location, location is different. Every location is different, and and the problem we had was that okay, if I want to put this here in my plaza in Journal Square, that's nice. But what if I want to put it at the World Trade Center? What, what what it's gonna look it's gonna look it's gonna have to be a little different to blend in right? right right and so a one size fits all design um, wasn't gonna work so we, we realized then it had to be modular and we started talking about maybe we just uh, we maybe take a shipping container and make some modifications and you know we went around to folks and um, I don't think I've ever gotten run out of someone's office as quickly as they have when I mentioned shipping containers and property ah. you know like. It's not. It's not. It's not a. It's not a appealing solution to folks. You have to sort of flavor it as. Uh, I don't know. Is it reclaimed? No. Even reclaimed sounds bad. A spicy shipping container on your plaza. Spicy uh, shipping yeah. container. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. An amazing trash can. That's right. That's right. You know. You know. Also, with, with our with our trash cans, you know, we can't call them trash cans. We gotta call them um, receptacles. Yes. You gotta call them receptacles, waste receptacles. Um, so, 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 shipping containers, you know, have all sorts of of bad connotations and and don't look very good. And if you go into Rockefeller Center, or the World Trade Center, do you want a shipping container? No, I don't want a shipping container. Um, I've spent billions of dollars designing this facility, and you want to drop the shipping container in the middle of it? No thanks, right? It would it'd be called like it's called individually designed. I'm trying to think of the word like. It's like a piece of art. So in, in, in downtown Brooklyn, we have um, kiosks that sell food, right? You see these across the city, Times Square, a bunch of them too. Uh, they sell burgers. and A lot of those are uh, designed by um, people like my partner who are contracted to um, design and manufacture um, you know, enclosures, these, these, these kiosks, right? right, right. Um, the problem with that approach is these are like one size fits all. They are right. something specifically designed for that space to meet the needs of that location. So we took the same approach and we said, okay, well, how maybe it should be a bunch of pieces, like a Lego kit that right. we can put together at any location. Right, and kind of customize exactly, the shape and then right. have other flavors depending on, you know, materials that are precisely that are like your skin or your right. shell to make it connect to the environment. So, um, and, 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 and from a functional perspective, power, you know, from a... Some places have power, some places don't. But and, is, is, Jordan Square has solar panels on the roof. Jordan right? Square has solar panels on the roof, and then Atlantic Terminal has direct connection to the building. Oh, okay. Um, we have chargers on that one? Yeah. I saw that. Wait a second. We wanted to do chargers at Journal Square, but you know, one day I'll tell you about how, how, how quick what happened when that kiosk loses power. 
the, the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so uh, the whole thing shuts down and, and it locks up, right? And oh my god! So what if it was, well, you're inside, you still push out. But you can always push manual. out. That's a manual push out, but yeah. but you can't get in, right? Um, and so we don't want to get to a place where. We drain the power from from the kiosk. That's no good. Um, right. So right. this is an emergency. What if someone passes out or hits? The, I don't know. Just you know. Yeah. You have to be able to have access to get yep. inside it. So we, so, we yeah. so so part of designing the kiosk was considering all of that, and and I don't think most people realize. They say, oh, that's nice. That's a nice looking kiosk you got there. Um, and can I get one for for ten thousand? And it's like, no, no. You, you have to understand that this is infrastructure built to last in cities, which means that. You know the, the lights have to come on at a certain time. Right, right? It's, it's not a you know, it's not a bake sale tent that you put up on a right. Saturday at the farmers market. Like like and you that. noted once, I think at one of your Instagram posts, which I which I love by the way. Um, I think we actually met on Instagram when I was like I told Yosef like who is this? Because yeah. you commented on one of our posts, so like I'm on the wait list. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like gently snarky. Hey, I'm on the wait list. That I'm was, one of your and I was I I was the one. I was like Yosef, someone someone's like you know. And then you were like back the next day. I was like, all right, we have to get this guy off the wait list. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so we were like, listen, you have to expedite this, this, you know, but. I but, think I did. I think, I think you were like uh, enough on the wait. Like, he has to say list. that. But, 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 no, no. <laughs> I mean, the fastest way to get to anybody is usually through social media. But, 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 um, you noted uh, also on your Instagram that when you came in, the lights turned on. Automatically turn off. That, that took us months to figure out, literally months to figure out how to get that working right. Like because and we were and we were terrified that um, people would come in and be dark. You know, because like, right. we have all these users. We come in at four a.m., three a.m., two a.m. Yeah, I'll be there at two in the morning after a late. You know, a bunch of shows in the city. What if I come back? I'm like, oh, right. My but you know what? At, at our at our Water Whitehall location, which was actually the same kiosk, um, just minus fifty thousand dollars in upgrades. Um, there were no lights at night. Wow. So people would come in and be dark. But you know, but the but most of our users there came in um, before twelve AM. So it wasn't really an issue. But also white out so that's all like the financial financial districts. So yeah. yeah. You know, you, yeah, but we our users at night there were often bike messengers who came oh, in okay. and dropped off their bikes at twelve thirty, one o'clock. But here at General Square, um, we see usage all times of the day. Like it's crazy. Like we like I, we have, we can track who comes in on our phone, and it's like four a.m., three a.m., two a.m. People are using it. I mean, it gets a workout. Um, we changed uh, from Water Whitehall to this location. We changed lights, changed colors, so it's a little cooler now. Right. It's blue. It's blue. We changed it now to orange for Burger King. Oh, um, okay. And you know, we can make them animated real time, but that'd be kind of seizure inducing. Right. Uh, Seriously, well, that's the thing too. You have to think about if people have. Apple, yeah, have flashing lights and something to be triggered. Yeah, I mean, all of those things, like, we, um, you know, we get questions all the time from, from, from property owners, like, what happens if, um, you know, a homeless person comes in and sleeps inside? What happens if there's a crime inside? What happens if someone follows someone in inside? And so part of the reason, for example, that the doors are solid but perforated, you can see through them, is because we had to design an experience for the user that was open, but also secure. Like when you come inside, you don't want to feel like you're in this kind of like closed off box. Right, right? if I say help, someone could look and see what was happening. Right, exactly, and that, that's all very intentional. Um, we had to create a scenario where you know air and light flew in, uh, flowed in, 
but you know, if there's a deluge, your bike is relatively protected. So at the uni kiosk, like either the, it can get damp inside, the, the ground can get damp, but you're, but I think what people appreciate is that you know their bikes damp is okay, like soaking wet on all your nice components, not ideal, right? Right, right. Um, we had to think through. We we get asked a lot why it's so wide. Um, for people yeah, who well, don't, how, well, how do you move the bike? If it, you know, the bike well, you know, I, I think people who look at the blueprints, um, you know, on the internet might say, "Oh, 13 and a half feet sounds like a lot," and, and it does sound like a lot. But then you think about, well, you have two rows of bikes, one on each side, and you have to have three and a half feet of egress. And so we have to contemplate in design. This is before we even built one, a scenario in which two people would be inside, one coming in, one going out both with their bikes, right? And how would they get past each other? And, and, and so would they have to wait in line? Would they, and so we tried right, to design right. a facility that took into account all of that. But I've been there when I'm like, oh, and you sort of, we're both looking at each other like, oh, this worked out. No one, no one, you know, right. clocked anyone. And so all of this is a triumph. And again, no credit to me, my credit, the credit goes to my partner, who's just like genius, man, man, if you're listening, you're a genius. So how um, did he, what did, how did, he studied what, urban design? Oh, uh, he's an architect. architect. He, oh, okay, he so went then. to Columbia, it's a good school. He went to, um, I have, again, I have, my partner's awesome. I'm just saying all the nice things I can, ingratiating myself. <laughs> uh, he, he, um, he designs um, these kinds of things and he helped us think through all of these things. Then we had uh, a fabricator in New Jersey that did the engineering and they took his design and actually like put all the components together they, they, they are the ones who came in and said, okay, um, we have to be this width. They, they actually model, they do a 3D model um, of the actual bikes in this enclosure. Right. Like, here's the actual width it has to be. Um, here's how it's going to deal with snow load, wind load. Um, which is, by the way, if you ever build something, the 3D modeling process is amazing. You yeah, build yeah. your thing on a computer, a cab. Um, and we built the scale. They had to build a mock-up first. They don't. So. We didn't. We well. The, our 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 prototype before we did anything anywhere. Our prototype was at the Navy Yard, and okay. we were a, a startup, a bit, barely a year old, and we were kind of like, okay, you know what? If we if we put this in like downtown, um, we're talking to DOT of doing it in downtown. What if it like falls down, like or if something goes wrong, right? Yeah. We so we need to like put it somewhere where it can be tested. People can use it, but like if it falls down, we won't. That won't be the end of our company. Uh, that was our fear. Our fear was literally that something was going to break. We were building something that had never been built before, right, and we right. didn't know how to respond to the first storm or the first snowfall, the first wind. You know, so um, we we launched it at the Navy Yard behind closed doors, the closed campus. Um, people from New Lab and Building 180 and a few other buildings used it. So we actually had real people use oh, okay. it so like day in, day out. We learned a ton. So like, for example, the door, which is the, the focal point of our entire security oper operation, right? Uh, we spent months designing that door um, because there's no door quite like it. That door is not... Um, the door is not attached to the ground. It's actually right. like suspended in the air. So, yeah. so um, the door didn't close all the time. And I mean all the time, I mean it closed nine out of 10 times. But that meant that, you know, think about General Square, you walk you walk by the uni and the door's kind of like hanging out open. <laughs> oh my God. Right, so we were like, okay, that's no good. No, because that door is definitely closing. Yeah. You gotta like push it, get your bike out and it's gonna close. Because because if that door stays open, then 
you know, there's no security. There's no security. So, so we had to completely re-engineer the door. Uh, by, so a door closer, we had to think through, you know, why the, the, we didn't take into account the Navy Yard, for example. The, the door was floating, but the sidewalk was also moving. The sidewalk moves a few millimeters in either direction in response to the temperatures, concrete breeze. Right. Uh, and that threw the entire door out of whack, right? And oh, so we had that right. account too. Like, um, so is it a, is it like a, oh, it's not a, there's nothing underneath it either. There's no. Right, no. So now we have a little anchor. We have two anchors on each side. You have an anchor, but it's also it's basically like a U floating over. Yes, right, exactly. You can't, have a, you can't have a threshold in it. And that was really important to Man Man's aesthetic. He, he was very uh, insistent, rightly so, on a minimalist design. Right. And so this would look ugly. You, you could have built a whole frame, but then you'd have to have like a little on and off ramp to get you know, Yeah, yeah. He was like, this needs to be nice and, and beautiful. And so, um, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to get that right. The door originally was closed by spring hinges, by spring hinges and um, it would close and it would sound like a fence closing. It would bam, bam. Right, and right. so, you know, in some locations that's no good, right? Because it doesn't, it's not a, it's not a nice sound. Um, so we had to design an experience that was taken into account um, that as well. So what is it now? Hydraulic? Or? It's a door closer. So when you look at your bathroom, you, you, oh. it closes and it kind of slits, you know, it stops a little bit and closes a little more gently. Oh. And that way it closes more often. Like an Ikea drawer with the, with the brakes. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a high, it's got some hydraulics in there that allow that door to close in a reliable way. We have to tweak it every uh, three times a year so that it closes. And when it gets really cold really quickly, the door closer kind of acts up. Uh, so like, I mean, you got a message from us once. Maybe, maybe it was yeah, yeah. Time so we've we resolved the issue. Of yeah, yeah. Resolve the issue means the other has to go out there and, and figure out how to how to you know do the tweaks or the call. It's, it's really simple, actually. There's just like two different screws that you you like can adjust with like a an Allen key. Um, and uh, well, so, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, we, we yeah, keep that, but but <laughs> but um, uh, okay. you know, I mean, it, we we we. Because of our small size, um, a lot of the work to maintain the units has to be done um, by us. We, we don't, we're not big enough to have like, like contractors go and do all the cleaning. So like, you know, story that I can share with you, because it's, so, it's a few months past, um, there was um, there, a few months ago, I think October, right? October 2nd, this was before your time. Um, or maybe you're on the way this, I don't know. But, we got a message from a user Sunday night. I think I was like doing laundry and a user emails, emails us and he says, Oh, I can't get in. And I said, um, Oh, we've lost power. This, this is awful. And, and, and I, and it was just as the, the fall was kicking the gear. So, um, at water Whitehall, we had to recharge the kiosk every two and a half days. General square, we never recharge it because we are in much more sunlight than downtown. Oh, right. And we added another solar panel and added another battery. Um, but I instantly, it was cloudy that weekend. I was like, we must have lost power. So I called Yosef, who I think was like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, you were like I was, sleeping. I was about to have dinner. I was listening to a podcast in my PJs. Yeah. So I, so, so what do you want on a Sunday night more than your boss <laughs> calling you? Um, I need, like, to, I need to go to this pod. No, I think, I think actually it wasn't, it wasn't, I need to go to the kiosk. It was Yosef, I'm going to the kiosk right now. Because look, if, if Journal Square was, is a facility that people depend on for, for their transportation, um, we, it's the worst case scenario for us if 
people show up to get their bikes right. and they and can't it, get in. And it's not like you can just call a plumber to go fix right. it. Right. It was so it, well, it was also Sunday night, so I couldn't call any of our guys to go out there. So I literally was like, yes, I'm going up there now. Um, but we but we had because we, we, we had we had we had stored our generator with the nice people at the Journal Square bin. Um, and they were holding it for us. So I was like, Yosef, I need to go to get to recharge this kiosk because it must be out of power. And I need you to make sure the generator is available when I, by the time I get to General Square. I come from Brooklyn, which is like an hour. And where are you? I'm also in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. So, so what, he, what he was doing from, from, from his house, I was going there. So I, and so I got on the train, and you know, the path trains that you go, have to go through. To go through 33rd Street. Yeah, and so it was all, so I was, going, weekend, yeah. I was going all over town. Um, and we had, to, I had got there, I had to meet a guy, we had a generator, to put gas in it, charge up this kiosk, started working again. Um, and I inadvertently, because I, I, I unplugged the kiosk the wrong way, never happened before, but it happened this time. You unplugged the generator. I unplugged the generator the wrong way. And, and, and again, I did this the same way at Water White all the time, but apparently was not best practice. Fried the entire, oh. fried the entire uh, motherboard for our access control system. So then on Monday, we had to close down the entire kiosk. We sent on an ice ledger all of you just saying we were under construction, because we were. Um, we had to have the vendor, the security vendor, beg and plead with them to come out, replace the entire motherboard, $1,000, um, and, and just to get this thing back online. Um, and so we turned, you know, I was I was at General Square Pub, I was drinking, you know, making calls, and, and uh, yeah, exactly. So I guess what I'm getting at is, um, as much as we are a startup, we are also a transportation service that people rely on. And like, if we, we don't have a large margin for error, if that door gets left open and someone, you know, moseys on in, they can, best case scenario, um, you know, clip a bike and take it. You know, worst case scenario, they can um, do something illicit inside. Right. So we don't we don't have we can't that we can that can't happen. Right. There's cameras. I saw the digital. There's cameras. There is a camera in there. We have the feed in our front. It's an Arlo camera. So if you guys ever use Arlo, you know that you can get um, motion activated. Um, you know motion activated feeds. At Atlantic Terminal, there are people who have to come and wave at the camera, and I see them because I, I go and you know. But, I looked. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, we I'll see it next time. We see, we see it because we, you know we, we get it's a motion activated camera, so we actually get. Um, you can see it live, or you can see it. Um, ten times, you can see all the different. Um, but the, but the reason that event happened in October, the reason why I was so convinced that we had we had exhausted the uh, the batteries, but uh, we had run out of power, was because we had just completed the installation of this camera, um, and 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 which was drawing on the pod for power. I so so that's the only explanation. That the why the power lost power and 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 so we unplugged this camera. Um, we never plugged it back in. We we never plugged the power the the, the the camera back into to the pod out of fear of um, out of fear of precipitating such a another event. We so we went to battery. battery. We went to battery the camera, which means we have to go and manually change the batteries of this camera uh, every like five days or so, right? Is no, it, like every month. Every month is it that long? Okay, great. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Um, but, but 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 again, like all of this rests on a delicate balance of, hey, you know, we're providing a transportation service, 
it, it's a lot of, you have to water the plants, you know, so it's up there every three times a day. You know, it's a yeah, I thought, I thought it was a water catchment, just like catching water catchment system, but I'm like, it's not the biggest thing. We do have a water catchment system in our Atlantic, Atlantic, uh, Atlantic terminal pod, it's an irrigation system, but the Journal Square pod is a minor miracle because it is actually the same pod from the Navy Yard and the same pod from uh, you know, at Water Whitehall. Um, each, the, the kiosk is modular, so it can be taken up mm-hmm. and it can be sent away, it's a shop. And we refurbished it each time and made all these upgrades each time. So, okay. the fa- so like for example, the lights are completely different than Journal Square. Journal Square was plugged into an outlet. Here is all solar panels. Um, we just now completed the installation of a 4G, um, you should show them, it's kind of cool, a 4G monitor on that pod, which allows us to monitor remotely the power levels. Wow. Because okay. before, like, like, we were just guessing before. That's true, the they figure, like, how, much, how much power is left in that Before day. we were the only, the one we could do was go check. We had a little screen inside. We got to go. It's not but, in real time, we know exactly well, where it's but, Well, we would have to go from Brooklyn to Journal Square to check. And we would only, and we only could only figure out by, um, by circumstance. Where we should be. There's no little battery icon somewhere on your motherboard that says. No, no, no. There's a battery icon. So, so the problem wasn't checking at the pod. We built in a screen inside the kiosk that tells us. You have to go to the. You have to go to the. Right. Kiosk. So if you live if you live in Brooklyn, uh, or, or you have to yeah. go check the, the pod. And so, uh, if we had that night, if we had known, the pod didn't run on power that night. It was just something else. We we would have simply figured out the pod had had power. But now we can do it from wherever on our phones. Um, so we're, we're always updating. Um, we're always making improvements, um, and it's something that we d- we do. So as my old boss was telling me, we can get to the business of nothing, and nothing is what people notice when there are no problems. Right. The world of right. operations. Successfully, are, nothing has happened today. People are using it, enjoying. When I get no email, I used to work in operations for bid, and when I got no email, that was a good day because I mean, yeah. nothing was That's happening. That's why when you got my email, <laughs> hey, I'm on the wait list. Hey, what are we doing? <laughs> that means nothing's happening. People, are, people don't ever write you and say, oh, you know, this is great. It worked very well. They write you and say that it's not great. It doesn't work very well. Right. Because <laughs> right. it's also skewed. People that are enjoying it have nothing to say. They, unless they, you know, Right, right, and, and that's that's the challenge with being in the business of operations. Um, but I think, you know, look, I, I think that the good news is there are a lot of people on Twitter and there are a lot of people on Instagram who do realize that this is a novelty. And, and when they find out who we are, I, I think there are people who, who assume that this is a big conglomerate, you know. Um, I'm talking to the conglomerate. Yeah, I get, I get asked... Um, I get asked where my where our offices, offices in plural, offices are. Uh, someone, I think, you know, asked about, you know, I, are there locations like, like, you know, this is the Journal Square location as opposed to like the ten others we have. You know, yeah, we have one in Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> Dubai pod. So uh, some cooling system. Yeah, and, and a pool. And they find out that no, we're just a bunch of guys from Brooklyn who want to do the right thing for our city and think that. This is a blue should be a blueprint. No one's ever done this blueprint before. I think this is a blueprint to how we can scale this around town. And when they find it out, they're like, "Whoa, you guys are like, like me." And like, I'm like, "Yeah, and we just think this is kind of cool." Right, right. right. This is like a techno lemonade stand. It's going to go viral. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah that, that's. <laughs> but, but, but in a, in a you know you know in a business improvement kind of paradigm where it's not just you know. I think that this could really shift 
Because right, my experience at, at Journal Square is with and everyone that has a bike is like, where do I park this thing? And, and then I can't, I can't leave it overnight. I get a, I get a ticket. Right. Or a warning if you leave it. But I love it. Like when New Year's came, I, I left it there. I think for two or three days. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna come into the city. I'm gonna do a bunch of stuff. I'm just gonna leave the bike there and not deal with it. And I came back. I'm like, whoop, it's here. It's a, it's a, it's a civilized experience. Um, and and look, cycling right now is like the wild west for lots of people. It's like. You don't know what's going to happen. You know if, gonna, if it's going to be there when you get back. You don't know if someone's gonna, cops going to take it away from you. And what we're trying to do is to introduce um, a model for um, a more orderly, premium first class experience, which is what people in cars enjoy. Um, you know the biggest problem we have at General Sports is it's not big enough. You know we're going to have to. You know I, I think you're safe, but I think you know come spring we're going to have to kick a bunch of people back onto the wait list because it's not it's not enough room in that little kiosk. Um, so we're hoping to work with governments um, locally and on the state level to build a lot more of these. The problem with us, the, the problem is in financing. If, if I can have ads on the kiosks, I could get enough money from investors tomorrow to, to build more, right? Um, the cost, as I mentioned, comes way down when you're building on scale. Um, you know, New York has 3,000 bus shelters, right? I mean, if I could build 100 of these, you know, I think we would have a much, uh, we, would, we would have a catalytic impact uh, on the cycling experience. We encourage a lot more people to bike. Right, imagine 100 of these pods across the metropolitan area. It'd be great. It'd be great. Wow. Paradise, right? I mean, we, we need to have uh, a few of those, like, bike parking garages like they have in Amsterdam, right? Like, you think about, the general schools should really have one of those, right? Right. So many people. I mean, they have, and they do. There, there could be an interesting design opportunity to create like this you know, larger scale, I don't know if it's modular or one large walk-in unit, because there's, I mean, there's so much space there. Yeah, I mean, BART, BART in San Francisco does some really interesting thing at their stations where they've got some glassed off like, like rooms for bikes, right? It's a bike room, it's inside. You know, I think ultimately that's where New York should go. Like, 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 like an uni is not big enough for um, Penn right. Station, right? right. Um, Penn Station's gonna have to have right. itself built, you know, be part of what they, you know, you put in a bowling alley. You right, right. Well, a local station, like, you know, but, but what we're trying to show people is, hey, you know, this can work, there's demand, and it's not big enough. And that inspires a conversation, you know, for, hey, wow, like, this is something, because whenever you tell people in New York, going back to our theme before, about a new idea, they say, ah, this is New York, it's not going to work here. It's New York. We don't want bike This is New York. We don't need plumbing. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, like, you know, but like bike share, like city bike, right? People would say all the time, well, that worked in D.C. Well, it works in London. Ah, I work in London, but this is New York. Come on, right? Like, and, 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 and it wasn't until we did it in New York for like a year, people were like, okay, I guess it can work in New York, right? And now it's like, we want more. We want it everywhere. So, that's we what we hope, to, we, hope that, we hope that with these, we can follow the exact same method where um, it works. It, it's worked for a year. It's worked in all seasons, um, and now we know that that there can be more of these. Um, it takes some time and some experience or something before people really trust it. Um, and I think that's what we're trying to do with Journal Square with with, with Atlantic Terminal. Say, hey, you know, you can trust this. It's real. It works. Now let's talk about the next hundred. <laughs> right. Right. And how did? What's the origin of the name Uni? That's really interesting and funny. So like, like sushi, blowfish, what? Um, so like many things in, in our in, in this project, I have men, men, my partner Manuel Mancilla to thank. Um, he goes by Man Man, um, Man which Man. is epic. Um, he, uh, we were cubic originally, 
Um, oh, and, okay. and they are like a big corporate conglomerate. Um, they are doing the, uh, they're doing a new Omni system. Um, they're pushing the metro cards. Oh, so they, okay. so they do, they do, they do, they do, they did the metro card too, actually. So we found that out and we're like, oh, oh no, like, um, they're, that's no good because they're going to sue us eventually. Right. right, right, um, right, right. And we got to get out of there. So we launched, I think like this massive search for a new name. And I'm, I'm very process driven. So I had like 500 names. I got everyone. Wow. We got everyone to kind of contribute and pitch in. And, so who is, who's pitching in? Just... Uh, they're collab people on our board, or collaborators. And we went through this orderly process of like eliminating names uh, one by one. I told everyone, okay, get me the names you can't live with. Um, and then in a month we had, um, I think two finalists. We had, um, we we're gonna be either kiosk with a Q, like K-I-O-S-Q. Um, again, kiosk is one of the names that we could Kiosk, other than Pod, it was Kiosk, so that was good. Um, or we were going to be Mezzi, which was a harken to Mezzanine, which we decided was um, the kind of like, conceptually the kind of experience you wanted people to have in this public space. Mezzanine is a kind of a nice, evo evocative French word that people kind of like, and it, it sounds classy. And remember, our audience is property owners and, and government. Um, and it's kiosk, we, we scratched off the list because there's another company called Kiosk that was making actual like, I think like 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 stands for paying for stuff on, and they were the same. Right, right. So, so we were gonna go there, uh, and then Man Man called me from Japan. He was in Japan, oh, um, got and it. he said to me, um, "This is after I had already informed the board and already informed everyone we were gonna be messy." And and he said to me, "We will be messy over my dead body." Okay. And I said, oh, you know, man, man, no, 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 no. We, we had this whole thing and you had to cross it off the list and you didn't cross it off the list. So now we have to be messy. And, you know, he is, um, he's a smart guy and he, a lot of this, a lot of his feedback that initially causes me consternation uh, ends up being, um, ends up inspiring decisions that are definitely in our best interest. So I said, you know, in my like panic, you have to. 24 hours to get me a better name that because because I need something to go tell people um, and he called me uh, the next night and he said how about he gave me like four or five names and he said I like Uni the most uh, and I was like well that's stupid uh, I, I literally I think that was my initial reaction like, that's yeah, the yeah. craziest thing I've ever heard um, but he sent me back um, Uni and it had been he had, the preliminary logo, we had that like mocked it up. Um, he did our logo as well. And I thought it was Uni. I, th I actually thought it was um, Uni at first. And, you know, he's like, I'm spelling it differently. Um, so, oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> well, well so, so, so he, so the, 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 the experience being in Japan, he, the sea urchin in Japan is called Uni. Um, and, and he figured out that, you know, the sea urchin embodied the kind of ethos that we wanted to convey, which is um, something that is like mod it's very versatile. Like it can fit into like lots of saltwater environments. They're colorful, they're interesting, they're dynamic, they live solo, they live together, and they protect what's inside of the spiky outside surface, right? right? right, right. And plus that, you know, the way he did his logo, the spikes, you see, you see our logo, you see the spikes coming out. Yeah, um, yeah. It can be a sun, it can be, it's very kind of like double entendre friendly. So 
Um, that's how we ended up with with with, with Uni. And I came around to it eventually. And um, now, the 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 biggest mistake we made, I think, was deciding that we were going to be, uh, you know, we were going to be UniPod.com. Uh, because um, we, 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 and we, we, Uni was taken, so, um, we, and who, and who owns, who's Uni, that's Uni.com? Well, we, I don't know, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like one of those sites, it's like, um, someone, some, someone's owning it, but they're not really using it, um, but, you know, not, 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 it's not a big corporation, let me do that way. Right. It's something you could probably buy at some point. I guess you just hang out. Hang on, wait for that to become vacant, available. Maybe he also. What, what what is it? I'm uh, looking it up. It's probably like. I, I mean, it's probably it's it, someone's probably sitting on that thinking it's going to. It says it can't be found. Yeah, it, it, someone owns that site. It's not available to buy. Right. No, but I can't like go on it. Right, you can. Okay. Now what's. So what's the vision? Hundred hundred units from New York Metro. Um, I could say that. Um, uh, no, hundred units is too small. Like I think. So City Bike has uh, seven hundred plus stations. Wow. Right? It, you know, and, and that's in the five boroughs alone, right? Really in four boroughs because Staten Island does not have any City Bike stations. And Jersey City has some. But they, but they 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 have a different City Bike system. It's it's still branded City Bike, but it's a different provider. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, that's why the stations don't look exactly the same because it's a different bike share provider. It's not Lyft. Um, mm. So um, we think that in order for this to really work, there's got to be uh, we've got to match the density of, of city bike. And what I mean by that is not with like the pods you see in General Square. That's like a prototype class for us. But we have to have small units like 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 once it can fit six, uh, you know, in a parking space. We have to have bigger facilities. Fit eighty. We're gonna have these garages and internals, you know, which we're not gonna build, but we could help operate. Um, but there needs to be secure bike parking facilities every couple of blocks. Right. Um, because that's... people would use them all, not just at the hubs, but exactly where right. you can put it when you get to the other, somewhere else. When you get home, like 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 lots of people can't don't have bike parking at home. They have to put it outside. Right. Um, at work, um, at commuter commuting places, at, at entertainment destinations. Uh, at malls, etc. So right. that's where we, we really want to get to. And we're still in, in a proof of concept phase where we're trying to prove to everyone that these can operate without incident um, uh, for an extended period of time and they can support themselves financially. Um, here in New York, we, we don't even pay for bike share. So, you know, people will, will say to me, well, maybe you can get a government subsidy. And I'm like, LOL. Like, the, there's, a, there's a long line for that, right? Like, like there's not... In New York, we don't we don't even pay for for bike share. That's why it was called city bike. So right, right, right. You know, we have to get to a place where whatever we do can be supported um, by money that we generate. Yeah, but I guess it's really just showing that it's worth. If it's sustainable, then it, it'll just people jump on. Yeah, you know, look, the biggest challenge is it, for us is real estate acquisition. Um, you know, on Twitter, people will say. Hey, why aren't you coming here? Why aren't you coming there? Come here, come here, come. You know, and we and it's not like we don't want to. We want to be in lots of places, but um, Atlantic Terminal took uh, a year and a half to go from um, the point where the property owner approached us to the point where we deployed. Right, um, and, and and that year and a half was spent. Um, we had to negotiate. We had to find the site. You know, so because someone says to you. 
I want an uni doesn't mean they have a very specific site in mind. Right. So they, just, they have a desire, but they don't have correct. clarity of like, um, implement. So your first month or two is spent just figuring out the logistics of where it's going to go. Um, and then, you know, figuring out logistics of that's power or what kind of can figure out. And then we'd have to do the lease. You have to come to terms. Um, that takes a while, actually. You know, the Port Authority, there's a permitting process with the electric terminal. There's a whole leasing process. You got to figure out how that's going to work. Um, that, that takes two months, two or three months. And you've got to go um, build your, your unit, right? You've got to raise the foreign markets, raise the capital, build the unit. Um, at Atlantic Terminal, we're on private property. We had to take the last four months to just work through the permitting process with the Department of Buildings because they had never right. you can't seen just, anything like UNI before. And it's a building. It's 10 feet tall. It's 15 feet long. It's not like a, a sign. So um, we had to work through that process. Uh, and that required um, some, 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 some friendly creativity from DOB because they just didn't have... So if you're building, you know, you, there are requirements like you might have to have a bathroom, you may have to have a, a, a sprinkler system, none of which UNI has. If we had any of those things, it'd be cost prohibitive. Um, so we had to work through all of that. And DOB was very nice and they kind of engineered a way to get us in the ground, but it still took four months. It could cost another $40,000 in fees uh, to figure right. it out. Because um, we had, you know, look, you have to have an expediter, an architect to, to do your drawings. You have to hire um, a structural engineer. You right, have to, right. You know, all this stuff. It's not a piece of IKEA furniture. You just pop. Yeah, it. but but just that's just permitting alone. That's just all that stuff to do your filings so you can get your your operating permit. Uh, the port authority is much simpler, but you know you deal with a government agency who has to give you a permit, so you have to go through that whole process um, of of of. That took about a year. It took about um, a year. Yeah, the port authority approached us at Water White Hall um, in September. And we, uh, of 2018, and we launched in September of 2019, so about a year. Wow. And what we're trying to do now is to get to a place where we we have government agencies at the state or local level that say, hey, you know, that works really well. Let's talk about how we can do this for 25 facilities. Because if we sign a, if we sign, a, the, the thing that takes the longest is the permitting. If we do one master permit, we can get the site selection out real quick. I can get it done right. in two days. Right, so you have a template and have it. Yeah, we can, and we can just install, you know, build the units, install them. So we can we can we can shorten out the process by by doing a master permit from uh, one year per site to you know one year for twenty five sites. There's no reason we can we don't have to, we, we can't right. do it concurrently. Right. Well, also you're working out working out those bugs now. You're kind of playing out. How do we? Yeah, we're, you fill the bucket and see where all the holes are. No, yeah, and, and again, like our challenge is getting that real estate acquisition process. It's really a political argument. We're really trying to show people politically that this is something that's in demand. Um, New York is far behind, and this, I mean, and even in Boston, this is a for the transit agencies a no brainer. Like the MBTA, uh, the LA MTA, uh, the the Lomada in DC, they all have like facilities uh, at their at some of their stations right? well they do so they're they're ahead of new york oh i mean uh light years ahead i mean lamta in los angeles which is not nearly as big of a biking city as new york they've got these things called bike hubs at some of their stations um okay. the bike hubs are facilities that provide bike parking but also bike service they're they're not like looney they're, they're much bigger they're, they're these are actual like 
staffed hubs. And at, at their smaller stations, they've got bike lockers. Um, and uh, it's just because that the first mile, last mile um, issue is, is, is very well understood there. Here, here in New York, um, and, and, and this is true not just in New York City, it's true for NJ Transit, it's true for, uh, you know, in Jersey City, it's true in New York City, it's true in the railroad. We don't even have bike racks on the buses. That's, that is right. exceptional. I did see on a New Jersey Transit bus going down Kennedy Boulevard, a rack for two bikes. I'm like, is that? Well, well, that if you go I've, to, never, uh, I've never, I've saw it once. I've also, if you travel to other cities, yeah, well, I was in Seattle. Holy it, cow, it, Seattle it, yeah, is if, a bike city. If you, in every other major city you go to, the, the, all the buses have bike racks. Right. You go to DC, right. you go to Boston, they all have bike racks. So like that shows you how far behind here in New York we are. We don't even have bike racks on the buses. Right. <laughs> right. So I mean, it, it, that that you know, New York is light years behind, even even in context of the United States. Because if anything, it would actually improve. Usage, right? Imagine you would just people would be more integrated to do, you know, just yeah, you know, it gets back to a cultural problem that we have in New York. Um, and that problem is that in New York, we we assume people will take mass transit, and so because they kind of have to, right? Well, it, we also we assume they will take it in a certain way, right? Right, well, well, well without a bike. Well, I would say that New York, New York's, and by New York, I mean the New York area, the city, New York City. The New York metropolitan area's attitude toward public transit is, sorry, you're stuck with us, right? Because we are our, our public transit usage far exceeds anything else percentage-wise in, in the country. And so, um, in other cities, the first thing you notice is their trains look nice, their buses are all have decals that are nice because they're trying to convince people right. to, to ride. Right the here, we're only we're only done. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, come on, to, like, come on, get it. What do you like it? Go walk. That's exactly. I mean, literally. So, 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 you know, I think there's been a slow uh, epiphany here because um, people now with the advent of Uber and Lyft um, are are actually taking cars more, and transit agencies are like sort of blaming Uber and Lyft and say, well, I mean, it's their fault because they're competing. Well, so so now I think there's a desire to kind of think competitively again about how we can offer our, our passengers. A experience that is um, top-notch and first-class. Uh, I think in the past that we have assumed that passengers would just kind of they're 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 not going anywhere. There's no there's no you know in other agencies the culture is you've got to actively compete with other modes, mainly the car, because if we don't offer a first-class experience, people will, will will opt to take their cars instead, right. which would you know cost us our jobs. <laughs> right, but also like if you if everyone was taking Ubers and you'd still have this congestion where you, if you have more facilities for bicyclists, imagine you would just shift the way, uh, you know, some of the traffic. I mean, you can't, no, there's not one thing that's a magic bullet, but holistically, it only makes sense to like, well, why not make it more accessible for bicyclists? It, 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 if most trips um, in cities like New York are under two miles, right? I mean, like you think about your own trip patterns, very rarely do you go over like six or seven miles. Most of the times you're going under two miles. So like when your kids go to school, when you go to see your friends, maybe when you go to eat brunch, you're, you're probably going two miles, right? Maybe get to three. Almost never are you going under more than five, right? Um, and so if we can just take 
for, you know, cars off the street for trips under two miles, um, we'll cut traffic in half. Imagine that, yeah, eliminate all this kind Most of Most people in cars are just going to the store to get milk. That's it. Right. <laughs> right. That's it. They're going to the store to get milk. And if we can get them on bikes or on scooters instead, we'll cut traffic in half. Right. Now, how can people find out more information about uh, as, as much as it pains me to say, unipod.com. And, uh, <laughs> so we have to spell that, though. Let's spell it, because I can't remember. Uh, we are on social media, again, uh, painfully, unipod. Joyously. Unipod, Joyously. At unipod, O-O-N-E-E-P-O-D, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, you can always shoot me an email, uh, shabazz at unipod.com. Uh, I love the chat. You gotta spell shabazz. <laughs> Come on. S H A B A Z Z uh, at unipod.com. Um, and if you do, just go to unipod.com and send a note. No, 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 it's we, really we were, good of you because you wrote me we back. We very responsive. Like in a day. Yeah, yeah, that, that long? Was it the same day? Probably. Yeah, we, we responded quickly. I think, no, it was right? pretty quick. I think. I, well, I was also. I think I sent you a note at like oh, two in the morning or something. Okay, got it. Got it. So you emailed us. Yeah. And I respond. I responded to you. Yeah, was it you or I just said, hey, I, I, I think I signed up for the wait list. Like, I don't want to know. I didn't get a confirmation. I was like, I was very technical. Like, okay. Hey, I didn't get a confirmation. So one of us responded. Like, okay. Yeah, no, you did. It's okay. We're actually processing. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. It's alive. It's alive. It talked back. Got it. Got it. Got it. We, we take a lot of pride. So. One of the things we take pride in, um, and Yosef knows this, I, I always, I, I, you know, I, I'm very insistent on this, is that we try to uh, respond very quickly. We get emails from users frequently, and it's something that, you know, when a, when a user realizes that someone is responding very quickly, their confidence goes up in the service. Um, yeah. and, and, and we want to have a relationship with our users or our community where they know that they can trust this, right? Um, if if you write a letter to to uni.com, uniinfo, whatever, and, and we get a response next week, you know that is not engender confidence. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So true, true. But it was uh, I also saw on the Instagram, I thought, oh, there's one of my neighbors. We're oh. real. We we're here, you know, we we're only we're only a few people. We've got I think two and a half employees, Matt, that comes uh, fifteen hours a week. Um, and but we you know, but we, we operate like we are... Oh, Matt, know. the other guy, he's probably the one that's, like, maintaining... Yeah, you see him at the Oh, I see him. Yeah, okay, he comes, he's real he's tall. He's real tall. Um, we, we did a photo where we were on Instagram, we were really tall, from tall to short. Um, yeah, he's the and tallest. He's, and he's the tallest. Uh, so, uh, which, which is weird, because I'm even the tallest, but he's taller than me. Oh, no, he's uh, up there. <laughs> he can fit just in the door. I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, you know. He's, he's a character. You should talk to him. Say hi. He's a, he's a, um, but well, now I'll tell him. Be surprised. Like, I know you. So bad. He actually will probably be surprised. But um, yeah, I mean, you can find out more. We have a blog in Medium. Oh, okay. um, you can just look up Uni on Medium. We have a we call it Uni Magazine. Um, we uh, are very active on Twitter. So, and I'm very active on Twitter. Okay. Uh, and so, um, yeah. Oh, what's the New York the New York Knicks thing? How long is that? Uh, well, it's over now. Uh, thank you so much, everyone who's who tweeted and still tweeting. We are waiting to hear eagerly um, if we won or not. There are ten finalists and four winners. So um, the final portion of the score was. So you have to explain what we're talking about. There's a yeah, yeah. Grant there is a Squarespace New York Knicks uh, uh, make it in New York grant. That is a say that ten times fast. And <laughs> we um, we were a finalist. Um, it's thirty thousand um, dollars. 
which, you know, the grand scheme of things is not like, you know, we're not going to be Uber over $30,000, but it does help us in the next uh, two or three months get started in building an app. We don't have our own app. We use a third-party app. Um, and, you know, just keep us running while we get the advertising type of business going. Um, and it also helps us with mentorship. They have a lot of investors on, on the Squarespace um, sort of judges panel that they're going to like pair us oh, with. Right, and, sort of see, like, right, and like we get to go, we get to, yeah, yeah, we get to go um, to a Knicks game and and and, and no, they, they do some promotional stuff. We've already so so, so background, we've raised uh, about eight hundred thousand dollars in capital. Right? Wow. So 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 we it's under it's it's we're building infrastructure. It's not a lot of money. So where we are now is we are we are preparing for another raise of money. Um, and we don't have a lot of money left in the bank. We actually have, uh, we, are, we are probably closer to $50,000 in the bank, right? Uh, okay. so, so, you know, being really transparent. And um, we, uh, we that, so, so and that's, and that's, that's, by the way, by design, because our last raise was supposed to take us up to this point uh, of getting two units on the ground, you know, getting the first ads done. Um, so now uh, we want to start building our app, designing our app before we do our next raise. A raise can take six months, right? From, right. from inception to check. Um, this the Squarespace grant for all those people who participated uh, by liking and retweeting that 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 content um, really does help us bridge this gap and takes us to a place where we can still afford to to do work. Instead of just either taking a loan or just waiting until we raise money, um, so you know we got our fingers crossed. We were number two in likes and um, and retweets, but I have a sneaky suspicion that when we look at the engagement level total, we number one um, because so much of our likes and retweets were people like really engaged. And when we look at some of the other folks, um, there were people who just liked me and retweeted, but they weren't really like. Share you know um, so for example on our end on our, our analytics we saw we about eight hundred likes and retweets total but we had two thousand engagements which engagements just measures um, how many times people were clicking on the content right mm -hmm. um, you know so right so they're actually engaging they're not just like okay click 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 right exactly like they could just be liking and retweeting not, right not even so there. we had we had two thousand engagements so we're hopeful that we're we're all positioned to to, to prevail um, again the four winners out of ten. Okay. Um, so, okay. you know, we think we are, you know, but you know, the world is full of surprises. Donald Trump is president. So like, I mean, I, all sorts of bad things can happen. So, anything is possible, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, and so I, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, I've got my fingers crossed. It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing, uh, you know, in my own personal gain, but just for the, for the for the global momentum of what it is to own a bicycle and change our world. Thank you so much for being on Thank you, and, 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 and look, I, I keep on keep on doing what you're doing. I keep on using Uni. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for more information, you go to WTYPod.com. That's WTYPod.com. We'll have links to Unipod and all of their world and what they're doing. And thank you again, Chavez. Thank so you so much for having me. Awesome, thanks. WTY.
it's a comedy journey. <laughs>